We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University. I'm not supposed to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. All right, everyone, welcome in to another Buzz Beat. This is Richie. And I was joined by Lee and Brian, as well as a returning guest from the Queen City Collective podcast, Owen Watterson, on our latest episode here, which we recorded on Green Room. Only a couple people showed, uh, so we did end it early uh, in the Green Room app. But again, anytime we do go live, we'd love for you guys to join. I know we are in the off-season mode right now, and there's not a lot going on, so this is why we decided to do a fun little episode here and the idea actually came from Owen originally but also there was a listener of ours that shot us the same idea about five days ago Uh, Dawson Hunt wanted to give a shout out to you you can find him on Twitter at Dawson underscore Hunt a fun idea with it being the dead period he suggests doing a fantasy draft snake draft and that's exactly what we did we built a five-man roster where we snaked it back and forth we did have some parameters in terms of who you could and who you couldn't draft when it came to positional needs and we'll get into that I will cut out a little of the small talk to begin the episode because I meant to mention this uh, live as we were doing it on the green room app but I forgot so I'm going to go ahead and just input uh, the little spiel here about giving us a rating and review. We really do appreciate all the support that you guys have given us so far. And actually, our numbers in August did very well, considering it is the off-season. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, nor would I ever necessarily read the the downloads off, but very pleasantly surprised by the support that you guys have given us, the listens. It feels like more and more people are coming our way and giving us a listen. And I think a lot of that is due to the sharing of the episodes on social media, telling friends, telling Hornets fans. You just never know who hasn't listened to us yet and uh, give them the chance, and I'm I'm sure they're going to enjoy us. And also, too, 
if you do give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcast, it goes a long way in the algorithm in terms of boosting the exposure for this podcast. So I wanted to read this live. I, I meant to, but I forgot. So I'm going to go ahead and read this review, the latest review that we got in Apple Podcast, and then I'll kind of cut out the small talk and jump straight into the fantasy draft. It says, longtime Hornets slash Bobcats slash Hornets fan here. Been listening to a couple other Hornets podcasts faithfully for the past few seasons just so I can stay on top of all the minor details and the day-to-day activities of the team. And I've seen your podcast pop up as an automated suggestion from Apple Podcasts. Wow, I listened to your player tier list and was absolutely hooked on you guys. Went back and listened to a few of your prior episodes and you guys did not disappoint. Love all the differing opinions about the team and players that give each of you a unique presence on the show. Glad to have added you to the list and I look forward to spending this upcoming season with you. Let's go Hornets. So we really do appreciate reading these things, seeing them pop up on Apple Podcasts, not only because uh, we feel appreciated and we know that there are listeners out there that support us and really do enjoy us talking about the team, but also because it does boost uh, our exposure out there and gets more fans that maybe have not come across our podcast yet that are just you know looking for other ways to listen to talk on the Hornets. So definitely appreciate it. If this is the first time you guys are listening, take that 30 to 45 seconds out of your day. Leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast. That would mean a lot. All right, guys, we're going to jump into the fantasy draft that Owen, Brian, Lee, and myself got into. All right, on today's episode, we are going to be doing a fantasy draft of Hornets slash Bobcat players from the past, from the present. Our task is to create the best five-man roster And what we are going to do here is do a snake draft. We decided pre-recording randomly the order of the draft. And it was a very close call between Lee and myself for that first overall pick when we spun that wheel. It was literally right on the line. Uh, But here's the order. Lee is one. Brian is two. I am three. And then Owen, our guest, I guess we'll treat you to the fourth overall pick. But the good news, Owen, is it'll be a snake draft. So you'll get the fifth overall pick as well to start that next round. Here are the only parameters that we have with this draft. You cannot draft all from one position. You have a maximum of three guards or a maximum of three forwards, and then you don't have to draft a center, but if you do, can only draft one. Any questions before we get started here? Ready to roll. Let's do this. Okay, Lee, you were on the clock with the first overall pick here. All right. So, you know, I, I think there is a little bit more of a healthy debate here maybe than, than uh, some might think. But with the snake draft, I feel like I just can't risk it. I, I've got to go chalk here. I'm taking Kimball Walker. Yeah, that's the pick. Um, you know, four-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA, Hornets career leader in, like, just about every statistic that you could track, minutes played, field goals, three-point field goals, second in assist, third in steals, first in free throws, first in points. Like he's just, he, he is the iconic Hornet. Um, he's also more recent than some of the other ones and his longevity with the team and being drafted by the team. I think, 
I think does like, like I definitely waffled a little bit here, but I think at the end of the day, like he's just the, he's the number one logical choice. So I'll go ahead and snag up Kemba and see who you guys leave me later in the draft. Wow. Okay. He was fourth on my board guys. Whoa. Was one for me. As well. I, I, I'll say this I'm, just like the Kemba has some, a skill to his game that I mean, maybe you can you can squeeze it out of Devonte Graham if you wanted to draft him later or something like that. But the pull up three point shooting of Kemba, like all the off dribble stuff, there's just you can't find that anywhere else in, in franchise history. Like it, you can find, I think, replaceable parts for with a lot of the wings or any of that sort of stuff. But just like Kemba's pick and roll scoring, high volume pull up shooting, pick and roll wizardry. I just don't. I think it's like so much higher above replacement level. Uh, when it comes to like Hornets history, that I think for I think it, for me he was easily the the number one on my big board here too. But well, not to not to tip my hand too much, but I think like I'm definitely going to probably err towards like Hornets lore than anything yes. else on this. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that, Lee. I was going to say definitely not as far down my board as as Richie probably had. I think I had him at two. Yeah, I had him at two. I'm looking at it right now. But, again, I'm not going to tip my hand, but I'm kind of drafting based on talent alone. Like, I'm trying to build the best five that at the end of this, I'm going to beat all of you guys (laughs) with that five, if that makes sense. But I respect the Hornets lore totally. Um, Well, then, I want to go ahead and get this this primary creator uh, slot filled. So, old heads, feel free to to get on me for this one. It feels a little icky, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm drafting LaMelo Ball uh, with the number two overall pick here. Um, and I'm just wow. gonna give him the rock and say, uh, Lamelo, you're the you're the franchise, like in more than one way right now. Um, would have loved to have had wow. Kemba, but with him off the board, I, I am going uh, to number two on my board, which is number two, Lamelo Ball. Question for you I guys: I thought Lamelo was going to be my advantage in, yeah. a, in a four or five situation, but yeah. he went way earlier than I expected. Now, when we are judging this team, are we judging it based on their time here in Charlotte? like longevity purposes or are we just are we just strictly doing it based on talent because could, could a player have played here for you know a season and a half and played well but maybe went on and played even better somewhere else like are we factoring in that to the equation i mean i think it's kind of uh like up to the author you know you kind of take your specific spin on it uh, you know but yeah i mean obviously like if a guy was only here for a year he was still a hornet you still get to draft him if you want him Right. Okay. I think, you know, the reason I had Kemba so low on my board was to Owen's point. Like, if I'm going to form a team, he is a guy that I feel like not expendable by any means, but I I think a lot of his um, recognition here in Charlotte has to do with the longevity here, eight years with Charlotte. Um, And we we talk about that a lot of times. And I, I think I can form a roster without going after what people consider the best player to suit up in Charlotte, which I wouldn't disagree. Like Kimball Walker, when you think of the best player to suit up in a uniform is Kimball Walker, but I think that's partly due to the longevity there. So Kimball Walker off the board, LaMelo Ball off the board. Any any other thoughts about LaMelo being drafted number two there, Owen? Cool. I just, I don't think it's a bad pick at all, but I definitely thought between the three of you that we would, um, for the most part, air towards Lee's kind of proposal, Hornets lore, and I, I thought he would go early, but definitely not right after Kimball Walker. So it's a surprise. But I, I was actually uh, kind of a similar reaction to Owen. Like 
I was hoping he would like fall yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. because of how, right. that, because that of, was you know, I, but I don't blame you at all, Brian. Like I was totally hoping I could maybe take him with like my second pick or something, but that ain't happening. <laughs> I just wanted, I wanted the primary uh, initiator. I, I wanted the advantage creator. Uh, and with, again, with Kemble wiped off the board, um, who I was having, I was hoping would fall to two. Uh, LaMelo for me uh, becomes, uh, yeah, just for me it became sort of an obvious choice. Okay, well, I'm going to go with the player who's on my big board at number one. Um, I know that his career kind of went down, not downhill, but it definitely dropped off when he got injured uh, in his back. I'm going to go with Larry Johnson, rookie of the year, two-time All-Star with the Hornets. Great combination of speed, strength, agility, all the above. Uh, He had poster dunks as well, especially earlier in his career. Uh, He actually had some flair with some of his passes. And he's a great energy guy. Like, he's going to go after those rebounds. I I like what I'm getting out of him. And you can even put the ball in his hands a little bit, too. I think he was a little bit ahead of his time in terms of the era that he could have played in. And he's a guy that I think, there's a couple other guys on this list that I felt like could have played in the NBA today. So I'm going to go with Larry Johnson, and he's going to take up one of my forward spots. Wow. A lot of respect for that one. I thought, I, well, again, I'm not trying to tip my hand here talking about other guys, but uh, good pick. I, I got a lot of respect for that one, too. No complaints, really. Yeah, I think that's honestly like a super underrated pick. Larry Johnson yeah. was like, like a, he was like 20 and 10 for like three or four seasons, basically. He was all league once. He also, like, he could really pass, too. I mean, yep. he's obviously like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what the analytics are on the demographics of our audience uh, listenership, but I'm sure there are some uh, older fans who are like, yes, Richie, great pick, because Larry Johnson was a monster. Also yeah. the first all-star starter in, in Hornets history back in you know his best season, that 22-point that per game one you were talking about there, Lee. Um, wow, okay, you guys left me some great options. i got to say – so I'm not going to overthink this here and just go straight up with number one and number three on my board. I'm going to go with Big Zoe first. That's that's my first pick because I feel like the, the center depth is – it starts dropping off yes. after we, we get a little bit into this. Um, and then I'm going to go with Jared Wallace, crash. Yeah. Uh, injuries, yeah. we're talking about – we're talking about derailing guys and injuries derailing guys. When he was healthy, I mean, guaranteed double-digit score at the minimum. I think it was a, a almost elite wing defender, two steals, two blocks a game. I believe he got hurt in January of 05, 06 it was. And uh, I think it was just David Robinson and Kim Olajuwon who ever finished their, their one NBA season with at least two blocks, two steals. So um, Jared Wallace I'm excited about. And Zoe, I think he's the best center in, in Hornets history. Um, there's another guy that has an argument, but Zoe's my pick. I like that pick with Alonzo because, to your point, the center position here in Charlotte is not the deepest. So if you're not getting Alonzo, there's going to be a big bit of a drop-off. And if I do draft a center, I'm probably going to wait a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tip my hand and say that. So if I do draft a center now that Alonzo's off the board, uh, I'm definitely going to wait a little bit. Now, it's funny, Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson kind of butted heads in Charlotte, so I, I couldn't draft them together anyway. <laughs> um, I, I guess I should also put this out here that Alonzo Mourning was number one on my board. Kimball Walker was number two. Oh, I like that. Morning, right. morning was five for me. I, 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 bet I, I bet I know where Richie's going Going with this next pick, too. Okay. Like, I got a feel. Okay. I just uh, – Alonzo Morning probably has the most iconic Hornet shot of all time. For sure. 
uh, sure. winning the playoff series. My dad was actually at that game and oh, wow. still, to this, still to this day says that moment after morning hit the game winning jumper is the loudest arena he's ever been in, like in that specific moment. So that's, that's pretty cool. And then Gerald Wallace, you know, crash. I mean, you just, you can't, you, you can't go wrong there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, Wallace is another one of those guys that very good while he played, but like would almost be. It's unfortunate, like his career is going to be remembered by like the national audience for like the Gerald Wallace trade, which like you know, right. think Brooklyn for a couple of years and replenish Boston with all of these incredible assets and draft picks and blah, blah, blah. But certainly in the Carolinas, like he is, uh, th- there is great appreciation for what he did. He's another, another player. You wish you could almost, you know, he was almost like five, 10 years too early too, just because you could use him in a million different ways. Now as the game's gotten more, more spread and more open and you're looking for more switchy pieces and versatile pieces and stuff like he would fit in perfectly with the current construction of this roster. But right. yeah, love that pick. And I think it was uh, Bickerstaff, and then we can move on here. I, I want to say it was Bickerstaff that said one time that Wallace had to, like, I think it was after his rookie season, they told him to cut down on trying to just go full force 100% of the time. It was leading to some of his injury problems. And Bickerstaff said Wallace only has one type of way he could play, and that's with energy. So that's yeah. that's what I want on my team. He definitely gives that punch. And now i got a rim protector. Yeah, he he's a blue-collar player for sure. And I think that pick right there, Owen, is – you know, obviously he produced on the court, but it's very much that intangible side that you're going to get from him if you were to put him out on the court. And I think, you know, I, I try to erase a lot of Bobcat history from my view, uh, but he was the one guy, the one constant that kind of kept that team somewhat together. I guess, you know, it was the the one hope, especially early on when those games were just very brutal to watch. So, Brian, you think I know, you think you know where I'm going with this pick? So, yeah, I do. It's funny. He's number two on my board. Um, and you guys are going to think this is crazy. I'm going Glenn Rice. No, so, not crazy at all. Not, yeah, not crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. 
very, very good shooter. Fourth on Charlotte's all-time list in three-pointers made despite only playing 240 games. That doesn't even crack the top 10 in games played. Uh, he has that shot, but he can also take advantage of, you know, players closing out on him and getting to the rim. He has a little bit of a mid-range game. He can play out of the post, too. He leads the organization in points per game over his career here in Charlotte at 23.5. So uh, he was number two on my board right behind Larry Johnson. Got the scoring punch with Lynn Rice. I've got the the bruiser and the energy guy with Larry Johnson. I do need to get some guards later on, but uh, I'm happy with my two picks. All right. I, I love that pick. Rice is – no, I did not think you were going to take Glenn Rice, and I was actually going to take him. I'm next in the queue, and he is uh, probably who I was going to take. Love the pick. Like, I think the first time I thought of, like, uh, great shooters as a kid, Rice is, like, maybe the first – as, like, a small kid. It's, like, Rice is the first guy I think of – um, I've got a lot of family that are that are Michigan alums, so I just uh, had a side of my family that loved him for what he did in college as part of the 89 national championship team that beat Seton Hall and P.J. Carlissimo uh, in the title game. But just – and I, can't, I don't even know if this was like a myth or like a fact with Rice, but it was like as a kid he shot uh, baskets outside in the dark a lot. And he sort of credited that for improving his feel uh, and touch as a shooter, which is sort of interesting if, if in fact, that is true or if it's just, like, anecdotal. Um, But I will take the person who I thought you were going to take. Um, And I'm going to take Baron Davis. And I'm going to partner. Oh, Lee looks like he wanted him. Okay. I'm going to partner partner with LaMelo Ball in the backcourt. And uh, we're oh, just moving all in on, on, on offensive creation here. But I like this because now I've got a hard-charging athletic guard that can also bomb threes. You know, you can move he and LaMelo, do a bunch of different stuff with those guys. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy about, about Baron Davis falling. Would have been thrilled with Glenn Rice, too. But, but I'm pretty excited and a little surprised that, that Baron Davis made it to uh, this deep into the second round of the draft. He's my favorite player of all time with the Hornets, but obviously not the best when you think about the top three ever to suit up with the Charlotte Hornets. But like, if, if, if I were to name a favorite player, it would definitely be B. Diddy, just the way that he played. He can contribute in a lot of different areas with the passing, the the scoring, the, the, steals, the steals, the rebounds. He led the league in steals twice yeah. during his career. And I was actually at the game. I think it was his rookie season. I remember being in the Coliseum when he dunked on KG. Like that that poster dunk. I don't know if you guys have seen that highlight where he takes it coast to coast and just KG goes up to block it, but the last second he's like, "Up, oh, I'm too late," and he kind of pulls his hand back. But it was he was in the poster, so he was definitely my favorite player and is my favorite player. And that's also my favorite era of the Charlotte Hornets, that late '90s, early 2000s. So yeah, I like yeah, the pick, Brian. I like the pick a lot. Yeah. BG has a very elite backcourt going right now. That one's, one's going to be hard to top. I'm getting a little worried now. Feeling good. My, I got I to gotta beef up the wing a little bit here, but but I'm thrilled to get uh, both uh, Lamelo and uh, Baron Davis here to, to headline the roster. Yeah, that. So, all right, I'm, I got two picks next, right? Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Baron is also my favorite Hornet of all time. Yeah. Heartbreaking that he goes goes right in front of me, but it's a great pick, BG. I, I am also partial to that iteration of the Hornets, Richie, and so I'm going to take one of those guys here now, mm-hmm. Jamal Mashburn. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Now, Love him. Love it. I, I'm okay either way, but are we sliding him as a guard or forward? I forward. can make it work either way. 
forward to me. Forward, okay. Forward. Okay, so Jamal Mashburn. Love it. um, You know, the kind of like ISO scoring um, magician for that, you know, that iteration we're talking about, that team that had multiple playoff appearances, was one game away against the Milwaukee Bucks to go into the Eastern Conference Finals. Easily my favorite kind of era of of Hornets basketball. Mashburn was a – I mean, he was a massive wing, first of all. And then he just had this silky smooth catch-and-shoot jumper. He also had one of the best, like – kind of like – honestly, kind of like the Kobe Jordan move where he just, like, back down, back down, shimmy shake, fadeaway jumper. It was, like, automatic. He was one of the – one of the brilliant – kind of wing scores of his era and um you know he and he he was it felt like he was in Charlotte longer than he was he was obviously on the team as they moved away right um but he spent two years in Charlotte and then two more in New Orleans for the Hornets um another one of my just all-time favorite guys because of that era and, and my nostalgia so I'll take Mashburn yeah and I was at that game in game six against Milwaukee where they had a chance to close the series and they did not, and then they went back to Milwaukee and lost it. But uh, Mashburn was so good for that team. And I think he's not the best player, but if I had to pick, maybe outside of Glenn Rice, if you wanted a guy to go drop 30 points, like I think Mashburn might be next in line right after Rice. Like just the way that he can score, you know, it's definitely versatile. So I do like that pick a lot, Lee. And he was probably someone I would consider with my next pick, even though I already have two forwards, I was going to go three forwards if he made it, my way, so good pick. He's also he's also one of those guys too. You know, if he played now, like he would just shoot a few more threes. Yep. Like, like he would still be just an awesome player, but would just be like slightly more efficient too, just because he would take three more threes per game as opposed to like you know post mid post twos or whatever. But yeah, now now I feel old because I watch his I watch his son play now. So. <laughs> Well, he could also probably be like a four in today's. Yeah, he would. I think he. I think he would. You know, I think he would. He's like uh, yeah. right? You know, right? Exactly. Charlotte. You know. So yeah, both Kentucky guys too. That was definitely. That was definitely going to be my next pick. I was going to pair. I was going to pair Zoe with Mister Jamal Mashburn. Have <laughs> Jared Wallace slide in there at the three, um, and then just I guess go hoping for guards later. But. Um, now my game plan's changed a little bit, and uh, I'm gonna have to think about this. Yeah, well, I, got one I more. might do this. I got one more. You do have Lee, one more. It's Lee oh, you got one more. I got it's one Lee, more. And, then, and then back to me too, and then right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead, Lee. Yeah. Start. Snake, that's that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I gotta wait a while. Then, jeez, I'm yeah. be, I might be done here yeah. as far yeah. as guards. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for my second one, I'm gonna go ahead and grab a big. I'm gonna get Big Al Jefferson. Okay. Love it. Love it. Great pick. He was you know, my second center I mean, on the board. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly he's certainly not a defensive stopper, but, you know, obviously like one of the great low post technicians of his time. Um, yeah. Also, like just kind of going back to that like, like Hornet specific thing, like obviously he had that one just unbelievable year in Charlotte when he was third team All-NBA. <laughs> I think he even like got some like MVP votes that year. Like he was just incredible. <laughs> Um, and, you know, even in that Miami series when um, the Hornets got rolled by LeBron um, and, and we were injured and Big Al was, like, crippled, basically. Right, but yeah, like, I was about to say that. They would still just throw the ball to him in the post, and he was virtually unstoppable, <laughs> yeah. even with, like, one bad leg. So, 
you know, I might be uh, I might be shading a little too hard offensively right now with Walker, Mashburn, and Jefferson, but we're gonna be tough. We're gonna be tough to outscore. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Al was on my board. One of my favorite players. I'm really happy he like stuck around in the league long enough to be a part of the 2016 free agency class and got like one more payday. Now he was cooked by the time he got to Indiana, but like at least the guy got right. you know, $36 million before he, you know, walked out the door. Um, I really liked his role on that 15, 16 team. I think he goes a little under the radar, but that was like when Jefferson sort of switched to what I thought could have been like the, the defining aspect of the back half of his career. And then his body just gave out on him. But like uh, being like that second unit bit of offense, you know, just come in for 25 minutes a game, match people on the block post up. And then, you know, basically like platoon with Zeller at the five, but um, anyway, hey, my, EG, my, before, before you pick here, can I make a trade with you? With me? Yeah, can whoa, I can whoa, I take whoa, this? We're doing trades. Can I? Can trades. I no, let, let, Brian, I, let me take. I'll take this pick. You, you, you're obviously we'll just flip flop picks here, but you can have my third round pick. I can have your so I get three. This is unprecedented. I get three picks. Uh, for so I get I will get. We're do, I get we're, I'm just adding an extra pick here. No, 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 no you're not adding an extra pick. We're just flip flopping picks here, and flip flopping yeah. picks in the third round. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. I, thank you though. Um, I will take. And with that, uh, I don't think I don't maybe maybe you wouldn't take this okay, guy. But that's, that's what I'm worried about. Okay, but go yeah. ahead. With my third pick, I am going to take Anthony Mason. No. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. That's who you want? Yeah. I, I mean, Richie, you and I have been doing this pod for over four years together now, man. I, I can read your mind at this point, much like you can probably do my own. <laughs> you sensed what I was looking for. Yes. You knew it. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with Mace. Oh. Um, I've got another playmaker on the court here, and um, yeah, like uh, I got a forward, but he's got some guard skills. I've got some defense now, um, and yeah, I just I like all the playmaking I've got on the court with with Lamelo and B Diddy and uh, and Anthony Mason here. I'm feeling very good about it. He's very skilled, point forward type yeah. of guy. I, I really yeah. wanted him, even though that would push me at the limit to three forwards on my team. I would have been happy with Larry Johnson, Glenn Rice, and Anthony Mason on my team, and just we play some, those guys together very yeah. easily. Like I, my first memories of the Hornets seriously are like Rice and Mason as like as like a kid, like right. those two guys together, mm-hmm. um, and Mason just seeming like the toughest guy in the world. Um, so anyways, you're not going to want to meet my team, like in the back alley after the game now either, because we got, we got a brawler on the squad here. So yeah, anyways, I'm going Anthony Mason with in round three here. If, the, if that's the vein you're going for, maybe you should draft Derek Coleman as well. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, honestly. It really isn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's probably one of the most, if not the most underappreciated players ever to play for the Hornets, just because of the way that he could play and the way that he can punish big guys and small guys and just he can go get you a basket down low um, and so good passing the ball, just a very skilled player. And I, I think he would be perfect in today's era. Uh, if you guys remember how he shot free throws too? Oh gosh, that was kind of ugly one looking. hand, and then yeah. like use the other. He wouldn't his guiding hand like wouldn't touch the ball, and he would just shoot it like push it with one hand yeah. while the other hand was like you know a couple inches away, just sort of like I guess balancing things without touching the ball. Was, it like blew my mind as a kid that someone would shoot free throws like that. Yeah, a little bit of a hitch too. All right. Let me think here. I, I, I probably should have gone guard anyway. That would have been a dumb trade on my part. 
because I do need a guard, and I think the one remaining guard left that I think makes the most sense here. Sorry, Owen, if you were going to go this way because you don't have any guards either. I'm going to go Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. Obviously, the, the lack of size here is is a bit that's of a downer. A, but that's a shame. Yeah. But he was a pest defensively. Like, you would never know that he was 5-3. Like, pick players up three-quarters court. Uh, he had a knack for, like, sneaking behind guys just because of his size. Like, they couldn't see him coming on doubles and just steal it and go the opposite way. He's going to push the pace for my team, and obviously he played with Larry Johnson, so I think those two are going to pair well together. He's going to get others involved. Just your typical floor general guy that um, I think plays bigger, obviously, than his actual size. So I'm going to go Tyrone Muggsy Bogues with my third overall pick. Classic. Uh, I, I right. I respect that pick a lot. Um, first off, I mean, I, I was that was the dude I was talking about at the, the beginning of the episode. I was curious as to where he would fall simply because of his size. Uh, I mean, I don't know that I've talked with too many people about Bugsy and, and how he would fit in the current era. I mean, do you think that would play him out of the league nowadays or playing greater than his size? Like Richie just said, do you still, that, still think that plays into effect? I think uh, if he could survive in the 90s, like with his size, I think he could survive. I mean, granted, Muggsy was not a fantastic shooter, but um, just as like a, you know, as a defensive pass, I mean, he averaged like over 10 assists a game in multiple seasons in the NBA. Like he was a quality starting point guard. I think he'd be all right. I think he'd actually do okay. You've got a game now that posts up less. Now, maybe those post-ups are coming more frequently from, like, guards and wings, so maybe teams would try to go at him. But I'm guessing a modern-day coach would almost invite that, especially if it's a if it's a fire hydrant-type defender like Muggsy, right? You know, I mean, you're able to shoot over the top of him, but maybe you won't, you're not going to get your best, your optimal post position. I would also imagine he'd be just an absolute pest at the point of attack. So depending on how you want to guard, pick, and roll, like if you're a drop team, he's a great guy to have, you know, just, just again, at the point of attack and getting over screens. And, you know, what's the most important thing, like, for a guard, right? In the If you're a primary ball handler in the NBA, like, out of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but the biggest thing is, like, getting in the lane with your dribble, right? And with Muggsy, I think you just have to constantly have a guy that could create advantage for you because he's going to be able to get into the lane off the balls, off the pick and roll, and then spray out the shooters and, and lob. So, like, yeah, I think you, I think he still could, um, uh, could, could still could play. And like, I mean, not the same player for a lot of different reasons. But five years ago, Isaiah Thomas was like what top five in the MVP race too when he for the Celtics. So like. I think there are ways that even when you have like a, a defense that is very good at switching and you can like, you know, switch him out and get him out of the play if teams are going to try to go at him in the post or whatever. Like there's ways to sort of like cover a player like that um, with the lack of size. So, yeah, I think he still could play actually. Yeah, I, I was I was definitely more so thinking about the switching aspect of things with the with how much we see that nowadays, especially in the playoffs. I mean, it, if a team wants to go heavy pick and roll, and you're right, especially at the point of attack, he could avoid a, a switch a lot of times in the first place just by being the pest that he is. But that was going to be my next pick regardless of his size. So I'm in a little bit of a pickle here, and it seems like we're all stepping on each other's toes yeah. just a little bit. So that's the fun part of this. And whew, two more picks. So we were talking about back alley fights, and this this may be a little bit higher, and he was in Charlotte for a short amount of time. But I'm going to get my back 
Cali fighter, and I'm going to take Steven Jackson as, as one of my first picks. Love it. Yeah, I love it. That's the front alley. That's, that's, that's not even the back alley. That's that's like in the middle of the store. <laughs> you know? Right. I love it. Right. I. So, okay. Do I need – I'm going to go Del Curry. I'm not even, even going to think twice about it. I need a shooter. Um, Jared Wallace, not much of that. He, he's going to get to the hole, and he's going to play defense, do his thing. Alonzo Mourning didn't take a three either of his first two seasons in the NBA, and I think only took less than ten his his third and final season in the NBA. So I need some kind of guy that can get the ball into the rim from beyond the arc. And I got to pick Dell. He's a legend. I was he was another one. I was wondering how far he was going to fall through this, but for pure shooting, I hardly have any of it on my roster right now. I'll take Dell and Stephen Jackson. Of the three Bobcats that have been drafted, Owen has two of them. What, I mean, that that should say a lot about his team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I was I'm worried about Jackson for that for that reason, but you're right. You're right. Kind of surprised Dell lasted this long, although like all the guys taken in front of him are pretty gar- darn good too. But that I, I like. I think Dell's awesome value this deep in the draft. Not that it matters, but are we counting Stephen Jackson as a guard or a forward, Owen? I because I don't, I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. I was going to have him as uh as 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 my two guard okay. i guess yep. and probably okay. put dell at the three wallace at the four yeah that's, i need a point guard now okay <laughs> all right i'm trying to figure out who i want to go here uh this guy i think i'm gonna go i'm think i'm gonna lean this way he only played one and a half seasons here in charlotte yeah. he yeah, was an all-star in 1999 2000 very good shooter eddie jones underrated yeah. passer but where he gets his most praise is on the defensive side of the court. He was all defensive team, second team, excuse me, in his only full season in Charlotte, led the league in total steals that season uh, by a pretty sizable margin. Uh, I don't think you really think of Hornets when you think of Eddie Jones, but I'm still going to draft him even though he was only here for like a year and a half. So I'm going Eddie Jones at my other guard position. Like that he, he was next on my list, yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, uh, lots of steals guy. I, I believe the franchise's career leader in steals. Um, another guy that would fit, like, was almost like 10 years too early. Um, would would be perfect in the modern NBA as well. Any other E. Jones thoughts? Uh, um, I'll move on. Love Eddie Jones. Like, smooth two-guard operator. Was traded for Glenn Rice, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I believe so. To the Lakers. Right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, loved loved Eddie Jones as a player. All right, with my pick here, um, I'm gonna go another guy that was really only in Charlotte for one and a half seasons. Uh, but I want a little shooting. I'm gonna get a little athleticism and scoring punch on the wink. I'm going Jason Richardson uh, with my pick here. And uh, I don't know if I get. I think we should probably well, probably he's like a shooting guard. So I'll put him down as a guard. I'm maxed out with three guards. Now, but uh, yeah, really a guy that I kind of fell in love with. And uh, even before he got to the NBA, I have some family that are also Michigan State alums. So like, it's a guy that as a kid, I, he was even sort of on my radar before he made it to the NBA. Loved him as a member of the 2009-2010 Suns team that very well could have won the championship that year. And uh, big seasons in Golden State. Was very good in Charlotte. Uh, again, another one of those guys that if he played now, would have been interesting to see how teams would use him. You know, it's the kind of guy that you could run offense through by running him off 
you know, floppy action, pin downs, that sort of stuff. He would just shoot more threes now too. But uh, yeah, going with Jason Richardson uh, with my uh, fourth round selection here. I love that pick. He was he was up there on my board too. Forty percent from three, forty four from the field. I mean, play with with Felton and Wallace who. Felt not say we'll we'll see how that falls, but play with one of my guys. I love watching that dude play. I mean, in my opinion, up until Terry is coming, you know, we're starting to see this next era of Hornets basketball. There was a long period of time after he left that they were still trying to fill the shoes at two guard, at least in my opinion, of Jason Richardson, that two guard hole that we have for so long. And say what you want about Terry filling that now, he just got paid. But uh, yeah, I, I love me some Jason Richardson. A lot of Bobcats. Yeah, going. He, he would be on your board, Owen. He's a Bobcat. <laughs> See, I, I'm okay. I'm gonna have to be careful with my next pick. I do not want to have more Bobcats and Hornets. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty damning if that's the case. Honestly, all right. I think Lee is up, and Lee, basically, you can draft any position you want besides center. Right. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna need a ruling then. <laughs> Love it. Because... I can rule it. Okay, all right. I, I would like to draft Emeka Okafor as a Ford. What yeah. do you think? I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. I almost drafted him and was going to ask that same question, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, cool okay. with me. Uh, okay. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you. Um, all right, I mean, Emeka Okafor, like, I've got, I've got Al Jefferson – I need some rim protection. I need some. Uh, I need somebody to do the dirty work, to set screens. I need an enforcer, block some shots, finish around the rim. Um, you know, obviously, Emeka kind of always was um, overcast, I guess, because we got him second, and Dwight Howard was first, and um, you know, he he had he had some, uh, I guess, some lingering shadow from that, but. You know, he's the leading Hornets rebounder of all time. Um, so he's going to gobble up the glass for me. Um, and he, he's going to fit a need here. And he's also, um, you know, a, a staple of those Bobcats teams for better or worse, I guess. I would love to know how many double-doubles he had in Charlotte because I felt like that's all I thought of when I thought of a Mecca Okafor. Like, pretty boring but pretty consistent. I'm sure I could look that up. But uh, He was a really good fantasy player in that era because (laughs) of what Richie's describing because he was, like, double-doubles, high field goal percentage, and some blocks, too. So he was just, like, a really solid, like, late-aughts fantasy fantasy player. Now, this one's tricky. Um... There's basically like three guys I'm considering here, which I, I obviously won't name them all. Um, ooh. They're not a Bobcat. You don't have to worry about it because it's not going to They're gonna not really a Bobcat. Okay. None of, actually, none of them are Bobcat. <laughs> all right. I'm going Rozier. Give me Terry. Mm. Dang. That, oh, right on my plate. That was, that was going to be the next one. Yeah, well, I, you, know, you you kind of need like a, yeah, like a, play, uh, a scoring guard, I guess. So, um, you know – Am I thrilled that uh, Kemba and Rozier are paired up in the backcourt? Uh, you know, <laughs> could take it or leave it, but um, certainly need some shooting. Kemba can handle the playmaking. Mashburn's kind of my versatile do-it-all forward. Jefferson can score in the post. And then Emeka's just my dirty, um, you know, glass cleaner. So I like the roster construction here. I was really hoping Eddie Jones would fall for me, so I could take him as my two. But you guys are you guys are too clever for that, so I'll take Rozier. 
Uh, I like that pick. I like the Kemba Rozier backcourt. The the ships crossing in night uh, backcourt of Kemba and Rozier. That that's fun. Um, yeah, I figured there were some of these sort of like more like present day Hornets or recently recent past Hornets that maybe people would use to start filling out some of these uh, this ro- these rosters a little bit. Um, there, it's tough. There's the, I've got like eight names on my paper that I that I really really like. One of which I I know I cannot draft. Another one feels it just feels like a little cheap to draft like Robert Parrish, <laughs> like you know like one of the NBA all time players. But like a guy they literally gave a grand. He's on my big board. A guy that they gave a grandfather clock to because he was so old. You know, it'd, like, it'd be like taking like Reggie White in a Panthers. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, serious. I mean, like seriously. So I'm not going to do that, but I I do want because I've got Lamelo, and I've got some good athletes on the wing. But I've got I really like the passing I've got. But I need a vertical threat. I need that vertical spacing, and I'm going Tyson Chandler here. To, to, to anchor my Whoa. defense, give me the lot and give me some versatility guarding the pick and roll. Just like let him do all the dirty work and then let LaMelo, Baron Davis, uh, Anthony Mason, and Jason Richardson fly around and, and make plays and hit shots. So I'm going Tyson Chandler as my, my center here. Ooh. Definitely a flyer. I got to say, I didn't expect that one to come around, but I, I like that pick a lot, BG. Like you said, it can anchor your defense. I was wondering if you were going to find a guy that could do that. I was, I was wondering if Dwight Howard was even going to be in, in the in the reach mix for for that very reason. But no, great pick, no. man. <laughs> no, not happening. There were some other centers I, I considered. I will say. I would say I've got uh, after Ch- Tyson's off the board. I still have one center left. But for your group, BG, I feel like that makes the most sense yeah. and. And and look, I mean, he had a good he had a good year here in Charlotte. Like he was on a solid team. He so. anchored the, the what the number one defense in the NBA in, yep. in 2010 under Larry Brown, and then anchored a year later anchored Dallas's defense route to a title. 2013 anchored the, a very good New York team uh, led by Carmelo, a fixture of USA basketball as well. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, Tyson Chandler played in the NBA for just a long. Long, long time as well. I'm trying to figure out if I want to draft a center or just go like a small ball kind of four here. And I guess I can name anybody that I want to name because, Owen, you're the last one to pick, so I'm not really ruining my next round. Well, I'm just going to go with Marvin Williams as my last pick here. Love it. Good pick. So between Marvin Williams and Larry Johnson, you know, that's a little small, but one of those guys can defend the center every once in a while and – with my team, he's going to bring that veteran presence here, but he's also just such a good pick-and-pop player. You know, in his earlier days, he could probably beat a closeout, probably not towards the end of his career. Solid, steady guy that just knows how to play the game, and I think he's a, a well-rounded player. I guess we weren't allowed to draft Kobe, right? I guess that was not in the books here. I, I almost drafted him, but you guys would have been mad at me. So, no. if, if, Kobe's, if Kobe's available, we can take, uh, what, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, That's too. true, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll round it out with marvin williams here I, I will say like when i was going doing just like a little bit of research looking at some of the you know just some of the top hornets charts just to make sure i wasn't forgetting any names like i was like consistently surprised with how often marvin williams was on all of those lists just because yeah. he was such a versatile guy that did a ton of different stuff he's an awesome awesome solid player 
Right, and even ended his career as such an important part of the team as a role player, a locker room guy. I mean, it didn't pan out, I don't think, after the contract like they necessarily expected it to for the money that they gave him, but the longevity here, I, I think he means a lot to the fans that at the least watched him play. Um, so am I, I'm up, I'm last. Last pick of the draft here. Okay, so Richie did it. So I'm going to talk about some of the guys I'm thinking about here because there's a there's a few I need – I got some. I got some defenders. I got Steven Jackson who could help me out defending some guards. I got Crash who go out and help me on the wing anytime I need to. Del Curry maybe not so much, but he's going to be more of a shooter. Uh, maybe not so much off the dribble. So Devontae Graham, I am heavily considering here because I, I need a guy that could play, make, create off the dribble and shoot. Um, even and I almost want to take Raymond Felton just for the the assist reason, but take, I I feel like the memes from the overall Bobcats teams are just too great if I take Raymond Felton. Take, take so. Brevin Knight over over Felton. That's who I would take. I would take Brevin Knight over. Felton. Really, Brevin's a good one. I I think I'm going to stick with Devontae Graham. Honestly, I think he fits what I got going here. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, the early 2000s guys, aren't. Getting too much, and then Dell, like I said, he's not getting much of his shot off the dribble at all, and I, and I need a little bit of that. Zoe's going to stay in the post the entire game, unless he's setting screens for the most part or moving off ball. So um, Devontae Graham is how I'm going to round my team out, I think. What do, what do you guys think about that? Uh, I love the pick. I mean, it just – look, we're very pro Devontae on this podcast, and uh, he's just an awesome, awesome offensive player. And the pull-up, the spot-up shooting, the movement shooting, he can do all of that on volume. And he leverages that gravity to be a really good passer um, in the half-court right. position. Love him as an offensive player. I, I don't know how things are going to work out uh, in New Orleans, but they will score a lot of points, and he and Zion together will be fun this season, I think. But, yeah, huge development uh, yeah. here. I've been telling people that all offseason that Devontae Athler was a perfect fit as much as I hated to see him go. But I just think his basketball like you in general, and I, and I saw it pop up its ugly head on Twitter when, when people were talking about reasoning why it was okay for them to let him go. And that's one thing, but this dude, even with LaMelo Ball on the team last season, um, on the defensive side of the ball as well, had, had an elite basketball IQ point of attack defending that way from sometimes just because of his, his size and his athletic limitations a little bit. But he was smart. He played the game smart. He could take charges when he wanted to, and he was always in the right positions in my mind. So uh, I think Devontae Graham is definitely going to be a good addition to this fifth fifth addition to this team. Round it out. <laughs> Let's list a couple players that you had on your big board uh, yeah. that you considered drafting. Maybe you couldn't because of positional you know restrictions or just you know it never got around. So I just want to list two other players, and it, it probably is going to be two other players on your list too. Kendall Gill, yeah, I thought was going to get drafted. He yes. actually is. Um, I looked this up. He's actually. Fifth, fifth on Charlotte's list of triple doubles, despite only playing with the team for four seasons. So a do-it-all type of guy. He could slash, he could score in transition, stuff like that. And then the other player that I actually considered at the center position was Vlade. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, that was the name I was about to say. That that kind of slipped, I thought. Yeah, he's the uh, – I like – when I was picking center, it was it was either Chandler or, Deep or Vlade – and it would have been fun to have Vladi because I've already got Lamelo and, and Anthony Mason as passers, <laughs> passers on the yeah. team, so I could have just had the could have had some some pretty pretty awesome ball movement. Vladi is also one of those guys too. It's like if you see like younger Vladi, he was just so much more mobile. Uh, if you see any of those like the early Lakers uh, D-box highlights, 
Um, the version in Charlotte or the one in Sacramento you saw is a little more like half court uh, centric, I feel like, but the guy that could like grab and go rip and run all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, Derek Coleman's another guy that probably deserves some uh, acknowledgement. I know we touched on him briefly, but is a guy that made an all-star game once in his career played for a long time, you know, an incredible college player at Syracuse too. Um, and really, you know, when he was younger and more athletic, like quite a player in the NBA, his numbers are like pretty amazing. The first like third of his career, you know, Gordon Hayward probably deserved some recognition too. He's a guy that I've thought about for a while. I, I think he like is certain, like it's, it's weird. I feel like Hayward probably should have been picked in this as a guy that's made all-star games is an awesome player, but I just felt like it was, uh, you know, a, he played at he's at a position where there were just other guys to go ahead of him, and I think it's more. I think the nostalgia factor also probably kicked in with some of these other guys too. Yeah, but it's like you know, he and Jamal Mashburn. It's like you know, you're you're probably splitting hairs in certain ways mm-hmm. in terms of like you know, who, who would you rather have? They're both you know, big wings and both awesome at basketball. And then I also like you know, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but. You know, Miles Bridges is a guy that, you know, if we see if we see it again one more season, like if we do this, if he plays like that for a full season and we do this again in 2022, like, you know, Miles will be one of the first, like, ten picks in the draft. You know what I mean? So, um, anyways, those are some other names I thought deserved a, a little bit of love. Yeah, I so Gill was a guy that I heavily considered instead of Rozier. And then also Rex Chapman. Like, yeah, I was about like, to say Rex. Too. High 30% three-point shooter, averaged like 15 a game for his entire career. I mean, really solid scorer and shooter. He would have worked. You, Owen talked about Felton and listed some of the other point guards. Uh, and then just a couple other – and I also like the th- Bridges, Hayward, and, and, um, and Washington. I was wondering if any of them would go. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, just a couple throwback names. Eldon Campbell, I thought, was in the center mix. Yep. And then P.J. Brown as just a very niche role-specific guy. One of the better, like, interior defenders. He was the power forward on those Mashburn, mm-hmm. Baron Davis, David Wesley teams. Who was my last guy? I think that was it, actually. Nobody wanted Bobcats, but, like, I thought maybe Gerald Henderson would get some love. <laughs> We also probably should, or maybe not probably, but I feel compelled to at least mention uh, Jamal McGlore, who was the most you know random All Star of the aughts in 2004, I believe, you know, with the New Orleans Hornets. Um, but another guy that was sort of like a double double machine. But I just think you know, there's a variety of centers you could you could you could pick at before I think you would really get to get to McGlore. And yeah, Vladi is a guy that I thought. Uh, long and heavy about, but wanted the lob threat and the defender. Uh, I like my spread pick and roll offense with multiple ball handlers. (laughs) uh, Chandler as the uh, the dive and and lob man. All right, if we can remember, I want you guys to go through your roster one more time so the listeners can hear it and judge it. Maybe they can get back to us on Twitter which roster they feel is the best. I'm going to go ahead and list mine. Point guard, Muggsy Bogues, Eddie Jones at the two guard, and then I technically have three forwards, but I'll just say Glenn Rice at the three, Larry Johnson at the four, Marvin Williams at the five. So that's my five. I like all of these rosters, by the way. I'm looking at all of them right now. They all, they all look pretty sick. Um, all right, with mine, uh, I've got the, uh, the the one-two duo of LaMelo Ball and Baron Davis. Uh, Jason Richardson as, like, my my, my wing shooter um, 
kind of listed as a guard, but you know he's going to play some some three for me with this lineup. Anthony Mason and uh, Tyson Chandler. That's my five, and I went Ball, Davis, Mason, Richardson, Chandler. Uh, that was the order I selected them in. All right, I've got uh, Kimball Walker, Terry Rozier, Jamal Mashburn, and Mecca Okafor, and Big Al Jefferson. Owen, do you remember your roster? Uh, yeah, I was just sitting here having to go through and make sure I got all five of these guys. I was looking at the chat, too. Sorry about that. But uh, I got Devontae Graham at the one. I think I'm going to slash Steven Jackson in there at the two just because he is 6'2". Put Del Curry at the three, move around a little bit. Wallace, maybe a little undersized at the four, but he's going to give me a lot of versatility and movement on offense and defense, really, I think. And Alonzo anchoring the whole thing down there in the middle. I'm, I'm pretty fond of my team. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another BuzzBeat. We appreciate everyone. We appreciate all the support so far for Brian, for Lee, and for our guest, Owen Watterson. We will see you guys next time.